Welcome to the four-part teaching series, Intimacy with Christ, featuring Yvonatia. In this series, you'll learn about your relationship with Christ and the journey of the believer from the book of Song of Solomon. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. This is part one of four, if I'm not mistaken. I'm a little out of sorts. Illumination can verify this is four series. Yes, four is correct. That's what I thought. So I, I think that's it. Yeah. So the, the series is called Intimacy with Christ featuring Ivanatia. And it's all about intimacy with Christ through the lens of the book of Song of Songs, which is, you know, uh, some people dub it a spicy book. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of revelation packed in there. And there's a lot of purpose, of course, as to why it's in the Bible in the first place. And just looking through the notes today, I'm looking forward to gleaning just as much as everyone else. I'm really excited about this series. I love Yvonne, period, anyways. She's amazing. Such a gifted teacher. Um, and, and I just got to say, anecdotally, if you ever have a chance to meet Yvonne or her husband, Mina, you're better off for it. They're amazing people um, who love the Lord, are fun to be around, full of life. Um, yeah. So any of you else that have met her, yeah, Illumination says I second that. You know, we had a chance to hang out with them in Israel and it was just a blast. And they're just beautiful people inside and out. So very excited about this series. Um, you know, I was saying to Yvonne backstage that Song of Songs is not my go-to. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna bust out the word. Let's jump into a book. Song of Songs is probably the last one I would go to. I'm not going to lie. So I'm really looking forward to diving into this with everyone else. So this is going to be really, really exciting and immersive, loaded with revelation. So uh, my guest today, uh, for those who don't know, she is a minister. She's a prophetic voice. She's an author, a crazy gifted teacher, very thorough, very expansive in just what she talks about, very exhaustive. Um, so guys, this is going to be an absolute blast. Let's give it up for my guest today, Ivanatia. Ivanalo! Jeff, thank you so much for your kind words. I have to say, you and Lauren are the best. Thank you so Aww. much. This is wonderful for me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Lauren and I both absolutely loved getting to know you guys. Uh, it was just so great. And you guys baptized. I think I said this last time you guys baptized us in the Jordan River together as a couple. And that was just very special time. So we love you guys. <laughs> thank you. What an honor. And thank you so much for accepting this series. Um, and I honestly, Jeff, I love your honesty because you know what? You're not the only one. Um, yeah. So many people yeah. that don't read this book. And I'm telling you that, the, you know, Satan blinded the eyes of so many people not to touch this book. But I can assure you one thing that by God's grace, after we get through our series, this is going to be your number one go to book. Okay. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. And that's all ultimately my heart with everything that we, we, we talk about on these different teaching series and not just the teaching series, Elijah fire in general is, is that there's enough fire stirred within you and enough hunger stirred within you to go pursue these things for yourself. You know, if we're talking about how to study the word, for example, and you're talking about concordant, busting out a concordance, doing a word study, going to the Greek, Hebrew lexicon, all that, that hearing that enough 
that stirs a fire within you to go, man, I got to, I want to, I want to know the word. Like so-and-so knows the word. I want to experience these things. You know, I want to know the father, like this person knows the father and, and taking that and going and pursuing. So, so my prayer as, uh, as to what the fruit is as a result of this is number one, obviously greater intimacy with Christ, but also a hunger to go read this book for themselves. Yes. Um, so yeah, very exciting. So Yvonne, what do we, what, I guess you have kind of like a nice series overview in the notes. So what's the series going to be about? If there's anything else you want to add to it that I haven't, and then what's today's episode going to be about? Great. So it's going to be four series and you know what, uh, Jeff, if I was to summarize that is, it is the journey of the believer. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes men may struggle in this book because they're like, hang on a second. Um, You know, I I don't know how to be the bride of Christ. But when we go past the gender, we will understand that we are a spirit and we're connecting to God in a spiritual dimension. So we want to get past this gender, male and female. We're coming to God as a spirit and we're connecting with God deeper. Now, the Song of Song is about... I'm gonna. I'm just gonna jump into it yeah, and then go through the series. So the first one or the first um, series that we're gonna talk about today, I'm gonna call it the dating stage. Okay, so it's okay. when a new believer they, they they get to encounter the love of Jesus for the very first time, and we call this the bridal revelation. If we were to go through all the series. The Song of Song is meant to bring a believer to maturation. And you know, Jeff, that most believers, they come to know Jesus, they get filled in the Holy Spirit, and then something happens and their journey with the Lord becomes stale. But what this is going to do is every time we have a teaching, we're going to go to the next session. So in this, it is the dating stage. It is when the believer first is exposed to the love of Jesus and how it is Jesus himself who draws the soul into uh, to him. So I'm going to call it the bridal revelation. The whole okay. series will be, let's look at the bridal revelation. Now, the bridal revelation is very important. If you remember, the first miracle Jesus ever did is, was at a wedding. The wedding of Canaan. Remember that? Mm -hmm. The last teaching of Jesus, which is Matthew 24, was about a wedding. It was the five foolish um, virgins and the five wise virgins. The lamps of oil and the ones that didn't bring enough oil and all that. That was in a wedding. Wow, yeah. Right? (laughs) The last book in the Bible, Revelation, it says that the spirit and the bride, they say, come. Therefore, we need to understand the brother revelation. I love where it says, you know, God placed in the church prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists. Beautiful. But let me tell you that the highest call for us all is to learn how to be the bride. Because Ephesians 5.27, it says that he's coming. It says that he might present the church to himself as a glorious bride without a spot or a blemish or a wrinkle. So Jesus is coming to the bride. So we need to get past understanding or thinking, hey, I'm a male, I'm a female. No, I'm a spirit. Mm. And, he, and he is making me to be the bride. Yeah, so That's just a little bit of an introduction. So the song of song. 
is really about a king. His name is Solomon. And he is a picture of Jesus. So every time I mention him, I am referring to the love of Jesus. He falls in love with a bride and her name is Shulamite. Now, in Hebrew, Solomon is Shulamon, which means peace. And Shulamite is the female version of peace. Oh. So in other words, he who is joined to the Lord is one with him. It's when she is joined to him that she is exactly like him, but she's the female version of him. So we are so many people, they're very comfortable in saying, hey, I'm a son of God. That's great. But we are called to be the bride of Christ. You know where it says, it is no good for men to be alone. It is the time to say it is not good for the son of man to be alone. He needs a bride. He died for a bride. He is coming for a bride. And it breaks the heart of God when the bride takes the first dating stages and then she stops. Most people, they don't, Jeff, get past stage one. What we're going to talk about today, the majority of Christians won't even get through that stage, let alone the other three stages that we're going to cover. The Jewish rabbis called the book the Holy of Holies. So uh, I saw that. I thought that was really interesting. I saw that in the notes. I was like, oh, it's really interesting. <laughs> the Holy of Holies. Once you enter into the chamber, you'll understand. So let's get into it. He begins to meet the bride. He falls in love with this girl. And I'm going to begin in verses one. And she says this to him. She says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. I'm going to stop there. Think about the kiss. Where does a kiss come from? It comes from the mouth. Mm -hmm. And so what is the mouth? It is the word of God. So in this initial, initial dating stage, she is being introduced to the pure word of God. And the word of God, all of a sudden, is beginning to communicate to the soul. So many people, they pick up the Bible. It doesn't mean anything to them. But sometimes you pick up and you read this verse and you're like, wow, God is telling me something. God is calling me. So this is only the first stage. She's picking up the word of God. God is beginning to communicate to her. And she senses that the words of God have become like kisses. It's almost like he is kissing her or that God is touching the believer. It is the initial touching of the senses. And it's when a believer begins to feel something, you know, like they, you invite someone to church, they hear a worship song and they just like it. They just feel, oh, God is beginning to touch them in some sort of a way. But in that area, the believer is so new. It's all about what I feel. And you get to see people now, oh, I felt shivers. Or, oh, I felt so joyful. It's all about how you feel. And so these are all the beginning, beginning phases or stages of a relationship. So there's mutual love, there's mutual talk, there's mutual presence. Think about two people and they're just dating. They're very, very new. You know, she's waiting. He sends her a text. And she's like, oh, he's just sent me a text. She's so uh -huh. excited about a text. You yeah, know? Yeah. And oh, my God, he got me flowers. He's yeah. so excited about the flowers. You know, but even that, she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't have the full picture of God yet. She's still waiting for a kiss. I mean, he's going to do a lot more than just a kiss. Right. But the initial 
initial stage. I'm just waiting for a kiss. And we've got to remember something that we received the kiss of the spirit when God bent down and breathed his life into Adam. You know, Adam, God formed Adam. He was not living. He was not a living being. But then the Bible says that the breath of God was in Adam. And that's when Adam became a living being. So we were created in love and for love. We were created for this divine or bridal revelation. Mm -hmm. So in verses two, she discovers his name. And I get excited when believers begin to get excited about the name of Jesus. And she begins to say, your name is like fragrant oil poured forth. That's another, again, she's very new. It's all about the name, you know, and they continue to use the name of Jesus a lot. It's like, you know, be healed in the name of Jesus or I'm delivered in the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. And you see them, right? Like repeating the name because they just begin to taste and sense that there's something about the name of Jesus. And you know that she's born again because people who are hostile who don't know Jesus, they don't like that name. But you know that a newborn believer, they are in love with the name of Jesus. So she's like, you know, it's this name that healed me. It's the name that restored me. She's very, very new in the journey of her soul. And then she says, your name is just like oil. And you know, oil in those days has healing properties. So she's like, every time I say your name, there's a peace that comes upon me. There's a joy that comes upon me. But you got to hear, she's very new. It's all about the kiss. It's all about the touch. It's all about what I say and what I do. Um, and so the more she says the name, the more she begins to sense that there's something about the name of Jesus. And so this is the way God causes himself to be loved by the young souls who are not yet capable of loving him except of the except if they, they're going to receive pleasure. You know, it's like their senses are engaged. It's all about, oh, did you feel that song? Oh, that prophecy. Oh, that word. Oh, oh that conference. So these are all new stages that God is drawing her bit by bit by bit. It's almost like he's dangling carrots and he's like, oh, I want to go to that conference. I love that word or I love that song. So she's still very new, but she realizes that there's more. And here we go. We're getting deeper. Many people, Jeff, they just stop there. Their relationship with God is all about heal me, deliver me in the name of Jesus, you know, um, whatever. But they don't want to go any deeper. As long as God is blessing them, as long as they've received their healing, they're good. But what is beautiful about her, and this is where God is calling so many people into, is that she begins to understand that there's more. She says, draw me away and we will run together. So she realizes that I love the kiss. I love the, I love the fragrant oil. I love, I love everything. But would you take me deeper? And you remember the words of Jesus, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness as much as you hunger and thirst for food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So she's like, I love everything you've done to me. I love how you changed my life. I love how I love your name. I, I love all that. But I just feel that there's a deeper enjoyment. And I want that. And I know 
that I cannot enter deeper unless you take me deeper. And I pray, Jeff, that this would be the prayer of so many people today, that you would just say, God, would you draw me to yourself? Because we cannot be drawn unless we ask and we get called into those deep places. And then she promises him that if you would do that, if you would draw me from my innermost being and literally drag me to you, I will run. But I will run with you. I'm not running alone. We will run together. And so he begins to answer her prayer. And this is the thing. So many of us, We've complicated the Christian life. We hear people having those spiritual encounters with God and we sit there watching them and we're like, I'd love to be, you know, in this place. I'd love to be a prophet or I'd love to go to heaven. This is so simple. Just go to Song of Song and pray. Verse three, would you draw me? And I promise you, the moment you draw me, I will run. And I'm telling you, Jeff, how many of us You know, we're doing things for God now. Think about your own life. Think about what you're doing for God right now. If it was not God who drew you into this place, there's no way we can do what we do right now. Right. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So she's like, I love your kiss. I love your name. I love love everything. I love all the senses and the shivers and the heat and the electricity. I love it all. It's beautiful. But I realized that there's more. He answers her prayer immediately. And she says, the king has brought me into his chamber. Now, I want you to notice, Jeff, she didn't do anything to enter the chamber. She just asked. He didn't say to her, go and pray more. Go and fast more. When you you faster for 40 days, maybe I'll answer you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And see, we do you see how we complicate the Christian life? She's such a baby. I'm talking, guys, about someone who's a baby in the Lord. She just received the kiss. She just experienced his name. Nothing more, nothing less. But she's like, I know there's more. Could you draw me? And I, she made a promise, and I would run. And immediately, the next verse, she's taking into the inner chamber. Now, All she's done is just allowed herself to go in. And then when she's in, she is now receiving what we call greater grace. We, We see God for who he is. And this is where God begins to shower us with everything that we didn't even ask for. You know, Jeff, she didn't say, give me more finances, you know, although that's great. Give me more healings or do this for me. She did not come to God with a prayer list. She basically said, I tasted your love. I love your presence. I love your name. And I just want more. And then she says this. She says something beautiful in verses five. I am dark. In some translations, it says I'm black, but beautiful. What is that? What is that? What do you mean you're dark, but you are beautiful? I I know that there's black people are beautiful. So I'm not talking about a skin color that we're born with. I'm not talking about that. But she realizes something that is so that happened to her. She enters into his presence. And when she allowed herself to enter, guess what happened? 
he changed her skin color. How did you do that? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. What do we call God? He is the son of righteousness. When she entered into his presence, he being the divine son, exposed all the defects in her. And so when he exposed the defects in her, it wasn't to condemn her. It was to cleanse her. It was for her to come and repent, for her to come and become like him, to become a partaker, to look like him. So in verses six, she says, do not look upon me because I am dark. The sun has stained me. In other words, she realizes that the dark color or the change in skin color is not a relapse. It's an advanced spiritual stage. It is when God changes even your skin color. The more you are in his presence, the more the glorious sun will begin to expose everything in you. It sort of comes to the surface. And all of a sudden, he's dealing with her character. It's not just about her external appearance, but it's even everything that is on the inside. It's rising to the top. So she says, do not look at me and think that I'm ugly. No, this is an advanced stage. I have entered into the divine chamber. And in this place, I look different. You remember Moses. When Moses came to receive from God his assignment, one of the things God said to him, take off your shoes. What did God do to him? Changed his shoes. So many believers, they look nothing like they used to look. You know, Jim, I absolutely love it when I read testimonials of someone, for example, who used to be a heroin addict. And you can just see their face and you can see that they look really unhealthy, really Mm -hmm. bony. Then they encounter Jesus. Then they get filled with the spirit. Then they cleanse. Then they're serving God. Then they're ministers now. And then they post photos before and after. And you're like, there's no way this looks like this. Uh Uh-huh. Right, you see what I'm saying? And this is the thing. The more you are in his presence, the more you become so full of joy, so full of peace, um, you are cleansed from a lot of stuff. And all of a sudden you look in the mirror and you're like, I I don't look like anything I used to look. Mm -hmm. But that's when she asked him, would you take me in? Would you draw me in? And she promised him, I would run with you. He doesn't just answer her, but he is the divine son, burns in her every single defect. So it is the love of his, it is the fire of his love that dries up and tanned her skin. It is not a departure of his presence. Now, people who are religious, they don't understand what I'm talking about. They're like, why are you looking different now? Do you look very, uh, are you very spiritual now? Or are you, why is it that you don't do the things that we do, you know, in normal church programs? And it's not that, it's that she's tasted something. He, she looked in him and he exposed so much. And all of a sudden it's all cleansed because she's in his presence. 
she's looking at herself and she's different and people don't understand that so she's saying to them that my blackness is very excusable you got to excuse me <laughs> for looking different <laughs> the way i look different not because the fire of his presence is absent from my life it's actually because the fire of his presence is present in my mm-hmm. life and therefore i don't look anything like i used to look mm-hmm. and this is a grace that god is calling us into jeff it's not just the enjoyment of the kisses it's not just the the proclamation of the name of jesus it's when god is calling someone and they look different the bible says in second corinthians if anyone's in christ what do they become they become a new creation a new species in other words you become someone who's never walked this earth before and according to the bible you are no longer born of flesh and blood you are born of the spirit mm. you carry the dna of god yeah. therefore i am challenging people jeff if you come and tell me i'm a believer i'm filled in the spirit but i look just the same as i did before i met christ there's something wrong yeah yeah and i think so, like some christians don't want like th- we can't escape if you want to go deeper with the lord that requires death like it requires death to certain things so i and i know this because i've experienced it in my own life growing up in the lord that there are there is a tendency for us when we start to feel desires start to fade away sometimes it can scare some people and as weird as that sounds where all of a sudden they're like they start I think maybe there's a worry that they're going to become one of those people or they're going to be perceived a certain way and so there can even be this this holding on to you know your old self or th- old desires and and maybe at the time they didn't even seem bad but God is asking you to lay those down and it, as you get refined desires to do certain things go away but there can be a hesitancy to to die to yourself um and that can that can halt a lot of growth i know it did in me for a long time so yeah absolutely and you know that happens in part 3 jeff she's going to go through oh my goodness a huge test and we're going to go through the test and it's going to be a test of dying to self a test of trust and it's all to purify her hmm. she's going to end up in chapter 8 and i i'm so excited because in chapter 8 <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'll give you a nugget. She's the one that's leading the Lord. She's the mm-hmm. one who rises and says to him, "Come on, my love. Let's go out to the vineyards and let's go out to the like, you know, there's a place in us, you know, and I think it's in Mark 16. It says, "And the Lord worked with them to confirm the signs and the wonders." So, mm-hmm. the apostles were on fire. They were doing the work and that wasn't the case before. Before Jesus would go and they would follow Jesus. but after they were matured what happened is they went and he followed them so we are now in the transformation of a radical bride but the stage we're looking at now even with this she's still a baby she's still and you get to see that so many believers they're not even up to that stage and even that stage is the stage of just being hungry asking for more don't be afraid if you start to look different yeah Don't yeah. be, don't even be afraid if you start to speak different. 
Because the moment you're in the presence of God and you make proclamations and declarations, I'm telling you, Jeff, people around you are like, how could you be praying like this? Like, are you ordering God? Like, you know, when you say, you know, be healed in Jesus' name. Are you ordering God? How could you be? Mm -hmm. And so the religious won't like it because they're not used to that. But Jesus is changing everything about this bride. And let me tell you what else he's changing. In verse 6, she says to him, my mother's sons were angry with me. Now, mother's sons are people in church. They made me the keeper of their ministry vineyard, but my own I have not kept. So she's basically saying to him that people around me in church, they don't care about intimacy with the Lord. All they care about is performing religious duties. It's all about, you know, go and look out for the parking lot. Go and be an usher. Go and, and that's great, but that can't be it. Like, it's great to serve the Lord. Right. But you can't be attending two services in church and serving the two services and not receiving anything because you will dry up. So she's saying to them, my mother's brothers, all they care about is for me to work and work and work because that's how they understand maturity. And she said to him, before I met you, I used to do that. I used to go out and I used to look out for their ministries and do whatever they're asking me to do. But in the process, I neglected myself. In the process, my interior vineyard has been destroyed. And so she is falling in love with him. She is becoming more intimate with him. She's realizing that there is something about him. And she doesn't want to get it wrong again. So she says to him in the next verse, tell me, all you who I love, where do you feed your flock? Where do you make them rest? In other words, and she says, why should I wander like a prostitute among your friends and your flocks? So she's like, you know what, Jeff? I don't want to get it wrong again. I don't want to wander off in any human path. I don't want to go and follow those people who talk about being spiritual. I don't want to go and look out for those people who talk about, you know, um, you know, mindfulness and all these topics that are taken off everywhere, but they are not rooted in Christ. And I don't even want to be stuck in religious duties in church doing work, work, work. I want you. And she says to him something, where do you feed your flock? So she realizes that he's not just her lover. He's, she's, he became her divine shepherd. And he says to her, the answer is so easy. He says to her, all you have to do is follow in the footsteps where I lead my lovers. In other words, if you're hungry for this, follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And sometimes, Jeff, you get to see people. They get to hear everyone else under the sun, but they don't even read the Bible. They don't even read the word. They don't even know what the Bible teaches. And they are like waves that are tossed by, like, you know, the wind tosses them like waves because they don't know. Even when they get sick, for example, God allowed that. God is teaching me something. No, you haven't read the Bible. The God is the Lord, your healer. Mm -hmm. So he is, and, and we get to learn from Jesus. I always say this to people. Jesus came not just to save us but for him to reveal the Father. So yeah. we need to look at Jesus. The Bible says in John 5, 19, I tell you the truth, the Son does nothing without seeing what the Father does. 
he is following in the footsteps of his father. If his father is healing the sick, I'm healing the sick. If his father is loving on the orphan, I will love the orphan. So he is saying to her, it's super easy. Just follow in my footsteps. Have a look at where I go and follow where I go. And you know, um, Jeff, as simple as that is, it's so complex for a lot of people. They don't know, right? How to just wake up in the morning and just say, Lord, here I am. Lead me. Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. When I ask for that, he will lead me like he's leading this bride. And so she comes and says, it says this, my dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. Now, this is the first time he's speaking to her and he's beginning to build up her confidence in herself. You got to see that she's been abused. She's been around people who never told her who she is in the Lord. It's all about the more you serve, the more you give, the more you do. It's all, it's like a workspace gospel. Mm -hmm. She's neglected herself. So he is now speaking. And I just pray that these words will heal the hearts of many. He said to her, my dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. You are thrilling to me. Isn't that sweet? When the Lord looks at you and says, you are thrilling to me with everything you've gone through, with everything, but you are you're still holding on to your faith. You're still serving me. You're still pursuing me. You are thrilling to me. To gaze upon you is looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses. Now, Pharaoh had the finest horses and they were known for two things, beauty and strength. And so he begins to tell her, you are stronger than you think you are. You are more beautiful than you think you are. And then he says to her, we will enhance your beauty. In other words, there's more. And the word we is a, you know, it it talks about the Trinity. In other words, the Trinity will be involved in making you radiant and holy. In other words, he's saying to her, it's a process. I am already pleased with where you are and with where you're going. And he says to her, we will encircle you with with reins of love. You will be marked with our redeeming grace. In other words, I'm coming to mark your life. Everyone who will see you. Remember what the Apostle Paul said? He says that the marks of Jesus are now seen in my body. And that's not always easy because the marks come through persecution, comes through hardship. And she doesn't say, oh, no, 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 I don't want marks. She's, she's surrendered. She knows that she wants more. She's on a journey. She's full of fear. And I will show you that in just a second. But where she is, she is still growing. And then she says this, Jeff. She says, while the king is laying on his couch, my spike nard sends forth its fragment, fragrant. Now, spike nard is a very rare, expensive perfume. But then she realizes that who is the couch? What does she mean while the king is laying on his couch? The couch is a resting place. People rest on the couch. And she realizes that she is that couch. She is that resting place. Now, in the, on the couch, she is not undressed just yet. She's not married. She is dating. It's just a couch. 
They're sitting somewhere and there's a couch. In other words, she hasn't exposed everything to him just yet. She hasn't disclosed everything. She loves him, but she's very content. It's those believers who, Lord, I love you, but you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not, I'm not as crazy as exposing everything yet. So it's just the couch, but she realizes, Jeff, that she is that couch and that there are moments where he comes to rest upon the couch. And when he is resting upon her, all of a sudden, there's that perfume that is released from her. All of a sudden, she smells different. She doesn't just look different, that she's even smelling different. And when did this happen? When he said to her that you, he just said to her, you are more thrilling to me. So when we walk in our true identity in the Lord, when we know who we are, when we know that we are valued, we are loved, and we have a place in heaven, when we know that, we get to understand that we become God's resting place. Remember how Jesus used to go to Bethany? And in Bethany, there used to be a house of Mary and her sister, Martha. And the Bible says that he would go and rest there. He would choose this house out of every other house, and he would rest in this house. This was the house where Lazarus ended up being resurrected in. Why? Because it was a place of rest. And many of us, Jeff, we don't reach that level. We want to do for God. We want to go and work in the vineyard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We want to go and do church. And even here, that term, do church. I'm not against church. But when you do church, you go, you follow a strict program. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're doing this. And when it's in and out, and there's no intimacy with the Lord. There's no resting in the Lord. What happens is that smell, people don't smell it. People around us are like, you just smell like everyone else. But when we come into that place and we know that God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, he loves to rest on us. He loves to come and this is where he rests. All of a sudden, there's a smell. Yeah, that's where the fragrance comes from. That that intimacy with him. It's not going and and coming together. Like church isn't the thing that makes us fragrant. It's the intimacy with him that makes us fragrant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then she says, a sachet of myrrh is my lover. Like a tied up bundle of myrrh resting on my heart. Myrrh is a picture of the cross. The bundle of myrrh is an incredible picture of the cross. It is known as an embalming spice um, and is always associated with suffering. She is saying the suffering love of Jesus will be over my heart for the rest of my days. She is realizing it's not just going to be a life of prosperity and there's going to be hardship. And she's signing up to that. And this is a hard place where so many of us, you know, the Apostle Paul said, I received the privilege, not just in believing in the Lord, but even in suffering for him. These are verses, Jeff, that scare us to the core. And you hardly hear a sermon on that, right? You always hear a prophetic word where God's taking you. 
There's a lot of prophetic word being released now. The money's coming in July. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not against that, right? That a dollar every time I heard it. Yeah, but seriously, yeah. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I'm talking about this is serious. We are in the, in the meat of the word. We are in the process of forming believers who will smell like Jesus, who will look like Jesus. They are about to have a color change. They're about to have their features change, everything. And I tell you, I always tell people the highest calling in life is to conform to the image of Jesus. In other words, they see you and they're like, man, there's something about you, Jeff. I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. But there's a peace that's upon you. There's a joy that's upon you. And that happens when you are being transformed to look more like him. I was reading a study about people who have been married for a very long time, husband and wife, and they're not related. When people see them after like 40 years of marriage or 50 years of marriage, you know what they tell them? Are you guys like related? And they're like, no, we're not related. Definitely not. Yeah. (laughs) You guys look so much the same. And so the study showed that when you look at someone's face for years and years and years, what actually happens is without you realizing, you start to mimic the way this person laughs, smiles, becomes sad without you even realizing that. So as years go by, you look just like the same. And so in this picture, she is beginning to have everything in her changing be looking like him and he's looking at her in that last verse of this chapter and says how beautiful you are my darling how beautiful your eyes are like dove and whenever you see dove in the bible it has to do with the purity and it has to do with the holy spirit in other words you are looking beautiful you are looking pure So that ends pretty much chapter one. Again, intimacy stage, very new, but I'm going to hop into chapter two. If you have any question for me, Jeff, let me know. I'm soaking this up. The one thing actually I did, just as kind of a side note, um, where is it? I'm going back up. Um, Yeah, so like... um, so uh for uh, chapter one verse nine it says my dearest one let me tell you how i see you you are so thrilling to me to gaze upon you is like looking at one of pharaoh's finest horses um for, I, I immediately thought of psalm what is it psalm 139 i have it here in my little psalm 139, yeah. 139 verse 17 how precious to me are your thoughts concerning me how vast the sum of them uh, and so i was just i i, I just I have nothing else. That's all I got. I was just thinking about that while, um, you know, I just, I, to me, I'm always just, that's that. Okay. Let me just pause there really quick. That is actually um, a, a big place that God has had me resting in is right. that he thinks about me, you know, and you know, we get so focused on doing, especially in like a, a thing like this, a job like this where you're, I mean, th- 2 p.m. Pacific time at five days a week, we go, we're live, you know, and there's a lot of prep involved in that. There's a lot of doing and then just realizing like, hold on, like God thought of me before I ever thought of him, you know, and um, that's that for me has been a revelation that I've been uh, 
it's like a I'm in the process of a greater revelation of that. I just giving people a little window into, you know, my life of, of what God has been doing for me is like that, that little bit in, in Psalm song, song of Solomon really stood out to me. Um, that God thinks about us, like every single one of us, he thinks about us as if we're like (laughs) the only Yvonne is the only person that exists on planet earth. And I love her. and, And she is, yes, she's the apple of my eye. Absolutely. And you know what, Jeff, if he said this to her in chapter eight, it would be like, okay, in chapter eight, she's passed many tests uh-huh. she's been through the death of self. Uh-huh. And so it does make sense, right? But come on, he is saying this to her without her winning one soul for him. Right. Right. Like when Jesus was baptized, he did not start his ministry yet. He did not do anything yet. He did not heal anyone yet. And the father looked at him and said, you are my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. So I want people to receive that healing. It's not about what you do. It's about who you have become in the beloved. She is, you know, to to him, it's not about, oh, you haven't done anything for me yet. You're just in love with me. Well, I'm so lovable. You're going to have to prove it. Yeah. You know, and this is this uh, um, book, Jeff, is radical grace. It's grace exposed. Like she's done nothing for him, and he's calling her Pharaoh's horse. Are you serious? Pharaoh had the best horses. Abraham became rich because of Pharaoh. You know, Abraham didn't have much, and when he went and lied about his wife and whatever and all that, he ended up being rich. And it said he got horses, camels from Pharaoh. That's a big deal. So he's saying to her. You're so strong. You're stronger than you are. You're radiant. You're beautiful. And so we end up in chapter two. Now, I'm telling you, Jeff, a lot of people misread this. It says, I am the flower of the field and the lily of the valley. You know how many translations I read? And it pretty much says that Jesus is the lily of the valley. This is not talking about Jesus, guys. This is the king talking to her. He is saying to her, you are the lily of the valley. You are that lily of the valley. And then as the lily among the the thorns, so is my beloved among the daughters. So you got to understand that he sees others as thorns. And so he sees the persecution. Thorns always see, I always say the Bible translates the Bible. So whenever you hear thorns, where is thorns mentioned in the Bible? It's in the book of Judges and it's in the book um, of Deuteronomy when they came in to take the land. God, the promised land, God said to them, cast out all the other nations. If you don't, they will be like thorns in your flesh. So whenever you get to hear the word thorns, thorns has to do with persecutions. And he is saying to her that I can see what you're going through. I can see that there's a lot of thorns, a lot of persecutions, a lot of hardships, but you look like this beautiful lily among all of those thorns. And then she begins to speak and she says this to him, Jeff. She says, as the apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved. So she sees everyone else as the trees of the woods. In other words, the trees of the woods, they have no fruit. You look about, you look around the woods, there's a lot of trees. There's nothing. But she sees him 
as an apple tree. In other words, she sees fruit. She sees the fruit of the spirit in him. She sees the love. She sees the joy. She sees the gentleness. She sees it all in him. And so she says, I sat under the shadow of him whom I desire. And his fruit was sweet for me. So she took time to rest under his shadow. A lot of us, we don't really think that resting in the Lord is even a thing. So many people are like, you know what? You're just wasting your time. But this is the place where God's calling the church, rest in the Lord, be still. And in the stillness, you will know that I am God. Whenever you get to see trees in the Bible, trees are a metaphor for humanity. Think of someone. What does it say? Blessed is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked. They follow the Lord, the, the advice of the Lord. They are like trees. So whenever you get to see trees, they are metaphors for humanity. So she sees him, you know, in this beautiful way. He's so full of fruit. And all she wants to do, she just wants to rest under the, under the shadow. She says, be, uh, one of the early church mothers said this. She says, be not surprised if I sit under his shadow and remain at rest under his protection. I'm only under the shadow of the wings of whom I greatly desire. So she's taking this time, Jeff, and she's just resting in the Lord. And as she's resting, something happens. Mm. Verses four, she has a supernatural encounter with the Lord. I've been, you know, taken into heaven many times and through trances. And the way it started is exactly that. Just learning to rest in the Lord and learning not to do a lot of activity as I enter into my prayer room. I don't enter in with a whole list of I'm going to sing this song. I'm going to read this psalm. I'm going to I'm coming in with no agenda. Right. depending on where, and if I'm just resting in him, this is where this starts. She says, Jeff, suddenly, and I just prophesy that so many, they will have their suddenlies. Suddenly, he transported me into the house of wine. And in this house of wine, he set love in order within me. This is deep. Honestly, I don't have time to go into this, but I'm going to try. The beloved of the king, issuing from her delightful interview, she appears to be intoxicated hmm. because she's saying he took me into the house of wine. Yeah. And she now there's other believers, the daughters of Jerusalem, and she's drunk. Okay, so she, right. so she has this spirit encounter. Yeah, you're not going to a house of wine just to like hang out, you know, like just to... <laughs> And not drink wine. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember back in Australia, there used to be a place called the Hunter Valley. It was known for the best wineries ever. And, you know, you always see posts of people saying, oh, I went to, you know, this winery and this one. And people come out, they're drunk because that's what they do in wineries. They're mm -hmm. tasting like 20 different types of wine. And what are you doing? So 
I had an experience with the in the wine chamber, which I don't have the time to cover now. Maybe we can do that later. But yeah. that was crazy. But she appears before everyone else as being intoxicated and beside herself. So imagine a Jeff praying and you're coming out of your prayer closet and Lauren looks at you, right? And you're completely drunk. What do you, what do you think she's going to think? She's like, Jeff, were you really praying? Where's the bottle? <laughs> Get the bottle out. Yeah. <laughs> but you remember in Acts 2, right? In Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, mm-hmm. what did they appear to be before? Drunk. Them? They looked drunk. Everyone's like, whoa, what is going on with these drunkards? <laughs> you, know, what, yeah. you know that verse that says, do not be drunk with wine, rather be filled in the Holy Spirit. So this experience, she just received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm. It happened to her in Acts 2. He suddenly takes her and boom, she's filled in the Holy Spirit. They're looking at her. She's drunk. She doesn't know what she's saying. Um, She says, you need to excuse my intoxication. For my king has brought me into his divine wine cellar, and in this place he set love in order. I tasted the best wine. I am done. I am undone with the amount of, of, of wine. I have drunk so abundantly of his strong and pure wine that in this place he set love in order. And set love in order means he is stripping me of every false love. Every love that I have for this world, every love that I believed was love. It was in this place when I tasted the real genuine love that every other love fell off. Says in the Bible, do not love the world. Know the things of this world. How do you not love the world, Jeff? When there's so many things to make you love the world. You can't have this unless you have this encounter. Right. Unless you come and say, Lord, can you set love in order? In other words, loving you has to come first. You need to occupy me in and out. Where did this happen? In the divine wine cellar. And this is an experience that anyone can ask for. You yeah, know, what's this? Oh, man, yeah. Go to the <laughs> Just, divine wine cellar. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, and it's I, I, I always remember Song of Songs, chapter two, verses four. Lord, you did it for the bride. Fill me in the Holy Spirit. Fill me to the level of overflow. Fill me to the level. See, we want to become, how can I say, Jeff, we still want to contain ourselves. We don't want to look radical. In actual fact, if you go to a meeting and someone is filled in the spirit and they're like drunk, a lot of people actually criticize it. They're like, oh, like stop doing that. Like that's just too much. And I know some of it can be fake. And I know some of it can put it on. I've seen it, right? Mm -hmm. But just because you've seen something that's fake, it doesn't mean that there isn't the real. Mm -hmm. So this is the time to say, Lord, I want the real. Now, she's fully drunk, Jeff. And in the drunkness stage, she asks for something that's crazy. She says, strengthen me with raisin cakes. Refresh me with apples. For I am sick with love. In other words, she is looking, she's about to fall. She doesn't know how to stand up because she's fully drunk. She's in his presence, yet she's still asking for foreign support. 
she doesn't understand that if she collapses, she's going to collapse in his arms. Mm. She doesn't know how to still lose control. And this is the deal. A lot of us, Jeff, we still want to be in control. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I, the news I have for you is if you are desiring the levels I'm talking about, we come and we lose control. What does that mean? We let him take over. Remember what Jesus said to Peter? He said to him, Peter, when you're young, you can go wherever you want. But when you're old, he's saying when you mature in the spirit, you don't just go wherever you want. You stretch out your hands and someone takes you where you don't want to go. So she's fully drunk. She's filled in the Holy Spirit. She doesn't know what to do, but she's still looking for something religious to do. She's like, maybe if I get strengthened with, with raising cakes, or maybe if I get refreshed with apples, maybe if I do something for God, I'm going to be able to, you know, become normal again. But then she realizes, Jeff, that she's collapsed in his arms. And she says in the way she collapsed, his left arm is under my head and his right hand shall embrace me. So as she just let go, and this is the word for someone today, let go, just let go. Because if you do fall, you will fall in the arms of God himself. So she's full, he's fully embracing her. She's totally drunk. She's so filled in the Holy Spirit. She's let go of everything else. She's being confirmed in love, and in this place, she has a dream. But before I go in the dream, the bride is looking at her, and you know, Jeff, she's looking beautiful in her mystical slumber. She's just like, she's out of it. She is completely somewhere else. And it's almost like he is saying to the girls, of Jerusalem, do not disturb my love until she's ready to arise. There's going to be a time later when he wakes her up, but not now. This is a time where God wants to do a deep work in her through the Holy Spirit and through rest. Mm. And you know, Jeff, how many times we don't get a chance? We don't give God a chance to do that. As you said, we get busy with what we have to do in everyday life. We do, right? And we, even when we pray, we give God an hour or whatever, you know, but we don't come and say, Lord, I'm just giving you the next cup. I don't know when I'm going to come to, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm walking in with expectation. I'm walking in and I just ask that you would draw me into the royal chamber, into the wine cellar. And so in this place, he says, do not awaken her. Because one of the early church mothers said this, do not awaken her, do not disturb her sacred rest, for she is more pleasing to me in her rest than she would be through any external activity. He says, do not awaken her directly or indirectly. Let her rest until she pleases, for I'm doing a deep work in her. He's doing an operation. She's gone. She's completely out of it. And in this place, Jeff, she has a mystical dream. And in the dream, it says the, vo the voice of my beloved comes. He comes to me leaping upon the mountains. So the soul asleep to everything else is only now attentive to the voice of her beloved. 
you know, Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice. But how many of us, we never hear the voice of God? Why? Because we're so busy. We live in a very noisy world. Our phone does not stop ringing. Emails don't stop coming through. And so we don't really get to hear God. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. But in her mystical slumber, in her rest, she's resting in his embrace. She has a dream. And it says, the voice of my beloved. You know, Jeff, I'm just feeling that many are going to be hungry for this. Mm. And they're going to go and say, Lord, I want to go and experience this mystical slumber. And in that place, I want to hear your voice so clear. And so she hears him coming, skipping over the hills, skipping over the mountains. And you get to see two things, mountains and hills. And mountains and hills, they represent things that separate us from God. But wow, he's coming over yeah. the <laughs> he's coming yeah. over the mountains. And so he says, uh, now he comes closer, even to the place where she is lying. He gazes into her soul like a portal, and he begins to ask her to come with him. In verses 10, it says, Behold, my beloved speaks to me and said, Here we go, rise up, my love, my dove my fair one, and come with me. He wants her to get up. He wants her to start ministering now. But now she's ministering in the power of the Spirit. Now she's ministering out of rest. She's not like before. She's, you know, Jeff, the problem is you get people, they, they receive Christ, they, don't, they, they hardly or barely receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and they go off to ministry. And they have not given God time to heal their heart, to mm -hmm. heal. Remember, she was hurt from her brothers. But now she's healed of a lot of things. She's gone through the uh, chamber. She's got the feeling of the spirit. And he has set love in order. You see all this stuff. And now she's ready. And he is now saying to her, okay, you had your rest. You had your slumber. This is the time now to go and rise up. So now he's asking a different instruction. He's not saying, keep on sleeping. He's saying, come on. So rise up, my love, my chosen one, my bride. And he continues to, you know, tell her all this stuff. And then he says to her, for the winter has passed. The rain is over and gone. Winter brings death to everything. In winter, there's hardly anything that's alive. But he's saying to her, it's a new season. It's a different season right now. I'm doing, I have done something new in your life. So now, come on, get up. And he begins to tell her, the flowers have appeared. The pruning time is coming. And the voice of the turtle dove is in our land. I love the word our our means she is now entering into joint inheritance, joint possession. Turtle dove was one of the acceptable sacrifices at the altar. Remember when Mary went to present Jesus, she took a turtle dove. She wasn't able to take a lamb. So he's saying to her, you know, there's been acceptable sacrifices that were offered. You just need to get up. The time is ready. The pruning time is now. And so after he says this in verses 14, 
it says this, my dove is hiding behind the rocks. She doesn't want to go. She's like, I'm happy with all the feelings. I love being filled in the spirit. I love it when it's safe in church or among believers. But you're calling me up the mountains? No, 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 no. This is not going to happen. And she's now hiding her face from him. And he's like, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Your voice is pleasing to me. Your face is lovely. But she's now hiding. And this is where, Jeff, I did say earlier that there is still a lot of fear in her that hasn't been dealt with. And it's when God begins to call a new believer. Come on, I've done a great work in you. Now arise. Now go out. And why are you like, no, 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 no. And I heard people telling me the moment you serve God, you know, you, warfare begins. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm just happy, you know, going from conference to conference, being in a safe place, praying for the sick in church, not in the mall, giving a word to someone, you know, in the bathroom, <laughs> but, but not out in the street, you know. And this is the time where he's saying to her, you are beautiful. You have what it takes. And the bride says to him, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love. For the grapevine are blossoming. The foxes are a symbol of compromise. And these are, she pretty much says to him, there's a lot of compromise in my heart. Remember, Jeff, she's only in the dating stage. So she's like, I'm dating you. I really love you. I, I am filled in the spirit, but I don't know if I can lay it all down. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can do that. And so she's like, my beloved is mine and I am his. I know that, but still. And then she rejects the first call. So in the first call, it says this, but until the day springs to life, and the shifting shadows of fear disappear. So she's like, I'm still fearful. I don't, I don't want to go up the mountain. Um, turn around my lover and ascend. You go. A and remember something, Jeff? This is all a dream. This mm. is not happening. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot that. This is all a dream. This is not happening in real life. She's basically, you know, so she collapsed in his arms. She's filled in the spirit. She let go. He's carrying her. And she's having the dream. And she is thinking that he's calling her. But because of her fears, that he's not going to take her. But if you see this on the real stage, Jesus never left her side. Hmm. She said to him in the dream, go, you ascend. And then she says, go to the holy mountain of separation without me. Until the new day fully dawns. Run ahead like a graceful gazelle. Go over the mountain of separation. I will come another time. And so, <laughs> and so it is so sweet because this is all a dream. But even in her dream, God is preparing her for ministry. He is dealing with her. He is maturing her. And she thinks he left her. She thinks that when she said no, he turned around and left. But the truth is, this is all a dream. This mm -hmm. happened 
as a result of the mystical slumber and as the embrace with the left arm and the right arm. He's literally embracing her and this is where she's having all of this dream. But even in the dream, she becomes aware later on that there's two things she has to deal with, compromise and fear. Hmm. She loves him, but there's a lot of fear. And she loves him, but there's a lot of compromise. And if she says yes to him and no to everyone else, how is she going to continue? Who's going to provide for her? What are they going to say about her? She still worries about what others think of her. She still worries about other people's opinions. And not just that, there's going to be a big surprise next week. But I won't spoil it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I want to spoil it because it's so exciting, but I won't. She thinks that she's going to have to go up the dark mountain trail all alone. Hmm. Now, there's going to be a huge surprise for her next week. A huge surprise. But God is dealing with her and she just thinks he went away. But we'll find out more next week. Yeah. Man, it's crazy because a lot of uh, a lot of times what I find with me is God will like give me revelation because I'm a verbal processor. So a lot of times like um, God will give me revelation in the middle of a conversation with somebody. And all of a sudden I feel his presence and I'm like, whoa, man, like this is like and it really stands out. And like the other person is like, whoa, yeah. But we, I was at the Bible store um, la- on Friday, uh, so it's just the other day, and I was buying a new Bible um, uh, for Bible study, and um, and so I got in the subject with the the lady that that owns the the Bible store, and and we were talking about a bunch of stuff, and then we ended up getting into the the whole idea of like our perception of growth with the Lord, and um, it, it ties in with. Uh, God lulling, lulling her to sleep, uh, lulling his, his future bride to sleep. Uh, and then, uh, her, you know, falling into a dream state. Um, and, um, you know, we can look at a lot of people resisting that because we look at, no, I need to go Mach five all the time. And that's how I measure my success. That's how I measure my growth with the Lord. And I was talking to this woman at the Bible store and I was saying, man, you know, like, it's really important to not get so hung up on our perception of growth because some in some seasons on the surface, it looks, it looks like I haven't grown a lot, but what's happened is depth. Those roots have grown deeper and deeper. And it's only a lot of times until you go through that. And and on the surface, you may look at it and go, well, I didn't, I didn't grow a, a lot and I failed in some way, but, and that's a really shallow method of looking at that because a lot of times what I've found is once I've gone through a season that seems like I failed over and over and over and over and over in something and God knew that it was going to take that constant motion of trying to, um, trying to do something. Um, and that there was going to be an intense growth and strength produced as a result of that in that repetition. And, and I think that sometimes we can look at it and we can even look down on like, falling to sleep, God giving us that, that, that rest, that falling into that sleep state. And we go, no, I don't want to do that because look at all this amazing stuff that you've done. And, and look at all of the, the oohs and ahs that have happened for people in the crowd and, and, and all that. And then you, you, we can resist things that we deem less important 
when God is like, that is exactly what you need to be doing right now. Absolutely. And so like, that's something that really stood out to me because since that conversation, I've just been thinking about, you know, things in my life, previous seasons I've been in and, and really shifted the way that I look at certain things that may have, I may have looked at as a failure. Um, you know, and so I just thought that was really important to point out because yeah. Um, yeah. that's a big thing, you guys. Like some people are stuck in that place of like, no, I don't want to go to sleep, God. I don't want to go to sleep. Don't make me go to sleep. You know, it's like, oh, no, that's what you need to do right now. Yeah. And, you know, Jeff, in early in my Christian walk, I enjoyed the Lord's presence and I my only prayer place was my car. So I would sit in the car and I would put like very soft instrumental music and I would just pray in the spirit and I would become very rested. And I remember speaking to an early mentor that I had and I said to her, when I feel so rested, it's almost like I'm so at peace, but sometimes I feel like maybe I haven't learned anything. I haven't read the word or I haven't. And you know what she said to me? Get out of this state and never enter this again. And I said, why? She said, this is dangerous. You're opening up your spirit to all the other spirits. And you know, Jeff, for about six months, I stopped. And wow. then I became so exhausted because I was fearful. I didn't want to open myself up to anything. But then I, and then once I said to the Lord, Lord, I used to really love those resting positions, but now I can't do it because, you know, and I open up my Bible and the Lord deals with me, Jeff. And he says this, it was this verse that says, if someone, if a, if a son asks his father for bread, would the father give him a snake? And it said, no, he'd give him bread. And it says, if I, if, if you being evil, you do this to your own children, how much will I? And the Holy Spirit convicted me and I repented. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because this mentor, she just hasn't had that. No one taught her that, but I'm sorry. And so from this place, Jeff, whenever I, and I'm very practical, I never want to tell anyone anything I really want to help people. So I always, in my prayer time, take some time to rest. Did you know that when babies are born, during their sleep, this is when growth spurts happen. So, you know, it doesn't happen when a baby is running or talking or eating. It actually happens during their rest. That's why it says God rested on the seventh day. That's why, you know, so many people don't do anything one day a week and they just try to just rest. Um, cells are being birthed and rebirthed during our times of rest. But the enemy made us believe that this is a waste of time and that you're not receiving anything. This bride received her first call to ministry. God dealt with her. He exposed fear compromise everything during sleep. And this is beautiful, Jeff. In her sleep, he was carrying her. He was embracing her. So even as a son or a daughter, God is embracing you as you go to sleep. Think about going into the operating theater and having a big operation done. Can the doctor just open up? You'd, you'd scream. You'd cry. Yeah. How can he cut you up? It's like, yeah. ah. <laughs> right? Yeah, but, but, wouldn't be pretty. Yeah. It would be pretty. And you know yeah. what's scary, Jeff, is when they give you this anesthetic, right? And then they say to you, you know, you're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. The next time you hear the doctor's voice again is when he says to you, wake up now. It's all over. Uh -huh. And you're like, 
five hours have gone and you're done? I'm uh-huh. done. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just, you know, I felt, Jeff, that the Lord is calling, especially young people. You know, you know that mental health is on the rise. Stress depression and anxiety there's a place in the spirit if i can get something out of this there's a place in the spirit that god is calling you and you don't need to be the most spiritual person this bride did nothing for him she's only just dating him she hasn't even committed herself to him just yet yet he entrusted her with everything filled her in the spirit carried her spoken to her called her dealt with her fears this is what the Lord is calling you into. But give God this time. And I always tell people, don't take in your phone. Shut your phone down. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> don't take in your iPad, please, because, you know, it's connected to your phone, right? Take in a paper Bible. Take. Let's become old-fashioned a little bit and just yeah. read and, let, and, and watch what God is going to do in your place of rest yeah. and Oh, he's going to hear Man, you. and also too, there is something to be said about, I'm a big like physical Bible person. I, that's just my preferred <laughs> way. But how many, how many stories that we heard of like, I've had, I've heard some amazing stories of like people where they're like sitting there and asking God and like a gust of wind, it wasn't a windy day and a gust of wind came, blew their Bible right to a specific verse. And it was the verse that actually brought breakthrough for them in that moment. And we're, uh, we're completely, not that God can't do that. We're like, oh, my hand bumped it. And I scrolled to like, a, you know, he could still do that, but it is way cooler when, you know, there's no, no, no breeze. And then all of a sudden a breeze comes or like you, you drop your Bible and it falls open to like a verse and maybe it was your life verse. And it's like, God <laughs> spoke to you in that moment. I've had so many cool experiences like that. So there is something to be said about a physical Bible, you know, I got to say. And Jeff, you know what? And that's, again, that's beautiful. But that's the beginning believers, right? It's like, you know, God speak to me now when they open up. And hopefully uh-huh. it's not a verse about death or, or anything. Yeah. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. But as you mature in the Lord, you begin to, you know, God is calling you. You, you get to really not drink the milk of the word, yeah. but eat the meat of the word. And we'll see later on. I think it's next week where he's going to comment on her teeth. He's going to tell her, your teeth are strong and teeth is what you bite meat with. Mm -hmm. So he's beginning to tell her, you're maturing right now Mm -hmm. and you don't need to drink the milk of the word. You can bite the meat, uh, the the milk, you can bite the meat of the word. So we're going to look at all the symbols of, of how he's leading her to end up being a radical, strong warrior who's going to be telling him, come on, let's go. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So really quick, actually, hold on, let me, let me remove this because there's, I, I wanted to, um, for those of you who remember Costin Woodhouse, we talked about the Bible and he pointed out how connected the Bible is and how it references stuff. So specifically how Yvonne has been talking about, check this out, you guys, this is how many times the Bible references itself throughout the Old and New Testament. All That's- those lines are references. So the Song of Solomon is no exception to that. So when she's talking about how this mirrors the life of a believer, it actually does. Like, guys, this is nuts. Like, look at this picture of how many times the Bible references stuff from the Old and the New Testament back and forth, back and forth. Amazing. That's so amazing. cool. 
that and that should a- increase your hunger for the word because this revelation that Yvonne has is 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 something that everybody can get from reading the word and it's just like and it's so exciting you guys that increases my hunger to want to read the word even more when i see a picture like this but then also Yvonne talking about the song of solomon amazing so cool <laughs> Oh, that's amazing, Jeff. That is so amazing. Yeah. (laughs) That is beautiful. Well, I'd love to um, pray for, to cast out the spirit of fear and compromise. Because these were the first two that she said no to, to the the call of God. So why don't we, um, you know, pray for that. And, you know, so wherever you are, just lift up your hands to the Lord Mm -hmm. and just begin to thank him. Begin to thank him for his grace, begin to thank him for his love. Because the same God who spoke those words and said to her, you are beautiful. He is saying to you that you are beautiful despite what others think of you. God is saying to you, you are radiant, you are strong. And this is words to build up your identity. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, Father, I lift up, Lord, every person who is watching, the brokenhearted, Lord, the abused, the traumatized. Let this words, Holy Spirit, sink into their hearts and transform the way they see you, God. I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would change their lenses to see you, God, the way you see them that they will begin to have a different skin color change, God, that would begin to smell differently as they enter. And Father, I just ask, as you drew the bride into the wine cellar, Father, in the name of Jesus, those that are hungry, God, that you would do it to them, that you would bring them, Holy Spirit, in a place of rest. Many are thinking, I would love that. Lord, as she said, drew me. And we would run together. I ask you, Lord, that every single person who sang me, God, that is me, Lord, that you would do it for them, that you would draw them from their heart, God, into your heart. And Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I repent, God, and I ask everyone, I want you to come and say, Lord, I, I am sorry, Lord, if this fears in my heart, if this areas, God, where I compromised, Lord, And right now, I want you to say, Father, in Jesus' name, I renounce every demonic spirit of fear. I cast it out in the name of Jesus. I'm becoming fearless in the name of Jesus. And Lord, every spirit of compromise, Lord, right now, I renounce it in the name of Jesus. And Father, even right now, I I am coming to tell you, I will follow you wholeheartedly, Lord. Every single cell in my body, Lord, is running after you and will follow you. And I thank you because it is you, God, who will pick me up. It is you, God, who will use me in such a mighty way. Thank you because you are removing every spot and every blemish. Thank you, Lord, because you don't see that there's anything wrong with me. You see what is missing. And by your love and by your grace, you come and you feel those missing parts so that I could look like Jesus and walk like Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everyone. Lord, I release healing into their hearts. Healing right now, Lord, that you will be healing hearts 
And God, that there will be a renewal in the mind. Open up. I pray, God, that you would open up the eyes of their understanding to see you, to hear you. And Father, I release them into those dreams, God, and mystical slumber. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release supernatural rest upon them, that you would draw them into rest that they will hear you, they will see visions, they will have dreams. I thank you for your raising up a generation of fire. You're raising up a generation that will bring such revival that we've never seen before. You are marking them even right now, Lord, at the sound of my voice. You are marking them forever as your beloved bride. And I thank you, Lord, for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Man. What a revelation, Yvonne. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I, I'm so excited for the other three episodes. I think this is going to be really, really cool. And it definitely has already shaped my view of, of this book already. Oh, I'm like, 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 that's like, yeah. Uh, so for those of you who want to go back and read, we went up to chapter two, verse 17. Yes. So if you want to like follow along each week, and maybe go back and read those for yourself. Um, it's just chapters, all of chapter one, and then up to verse 17, which is that the, the whole of chapter two, or is there more? Yeah, that's chapter? pretty much the whole of chapter two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All so right. I, I skipped through some, but the same meaning is all there. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Yvonne, how can people, uh, how can people follow you? You can plug your books, all that good stuff. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Jeff. So celebrate freedom. Our website is celebratefreedomministries.org. And um, so you can follow us there. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, Yvonne Atia. And then we have the school. We have an inner healing class. We have a physical healing uh, school as well. So that's all on the website. And if you need prayer, it's info at celebratefreedomministries.org. Info at celebratefreedomministries.org. Org. Yay. All right. Cool. <laughs> well, Yvonne, I just love you. I think you're amazing. I, I'm just so grateful that, you know, you're in my life, in Elijah, <laughs> the Elijah List's life as well. Like it's we're we're better for it. So oh, thank you. You're yeah. a blessing, Jeff. And oh, it's thanks. your open heart and the honor that really releases the anointing. So I am so thankful for the way you've accepted me as part of the family. Thank oh, you. Absolutely. So absolutely. Well, everybody have a blessed day. Tune in tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be a great time. Love you guys. See you then. Bye. Okay, bye. Woo! This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.